If you're a health entrepreneur, coach, or practitioner that wants to turn your expertise into a high six or seven figure virtual business with less stress, so you can impact more people at a deeper level while making more money and enjoying a greater quality of life in the process, then the Health Printer Podcast is for you. I'm your host, Uriel Kame. I'm a former pro athlete, leading health expert, New York Times bestselling author, and the founder of Healthpreneur, where I help experts just like you create and fill high-end virtual coaching programs that create dream come true results for your clients. Now, for a free and in-depth training on how to do just that without manual prospecting, one-on-one coaching, or having to spend years building your online following, head on over to healthpreneurgroup.com forward slash training and jump on to our seven-figure health business blueprint training today. And now, let's get to today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Healthpreneur Podcast. Let me ask you a question. Um, How would you like to know what goes into building the world's largest, most uh, sought-after chiropractic clinic? You want to know how that happens and, and how you can create one, whether it's offline or virtual as well? Well, we're going we're gonna to dive into that today because our special guest is none other than Dr. Chris Zeno, who is a world-renowned speaker, author, entrepreneur, former Mr. America, Mr. Universe, and IFBB pro bodybuilder. Now, after... Defying a deadly terminal disease in his late 20s, he leveraged his experience to get his doctorate and become one of the largest wellness clinics in the world, seeing thousands of people weekly. And he created the I Am Hero Project to really resurrect the heroes from within all of us. And I'm super excited to have Chris Zeno on the line with us. How's it going, my friend? Real good, Jerry. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you, everybody who's watching and listening. I appreciate you guys. And we're gonna, I promise I will give you a ton of value today. Absolutely, man. That's, again, if you follow Chris or if you've seen his stuff, he is a very giving person, uh, tons of value. And uh, I'm sure this is going to be a lot of fun. So Chris, talk to us about how you went from Mr. America, a pro bodybuilder, to the clinical side. Like, Was it happening at the same time or was it one before the other? What did that journey look like? Um, probably real similar to yours on how uh, you're where you are today. Uh, you know, I'll just start off with saying this for anybody who feels anxious, worried, um, or they don't feel they don't have their purpose or their great grand plan laid out specifically, or as Napoleon Hill would say, uh, definitive purpose. It's you got to remember that's the unknowns in life that bring you the opportunities, the blessings, the next step, and. It's uncertain, but the unknowns have what I say, all the nutrients to build this amazing life that you never dreamed of. Like Yuri and I are on this right now and we didn't plan, like I didn't know I would see him at the 10X event. Like, you know, all these things happened that were unplanned. So it's the unknowns is where everything's at. So take that to heart and I'll apply it. So when Mr. America in 1998, I was 21, had my degree in exercise physiology from the University of Central Florida. I was a trainer for Xena Warrior Princess, that show, and oh, yeah. Hercules, that show. That. Heck she was, yeah. She was, uh, she was badass, yeah, for sure. She was awesome. And, yeah. But that was the day before the movie 300 came out. That was the first show that they really needed to have somewhat of a gladiator, gladiator physique. And so uh, I, I was in Orlando, so with the Mr. America title and Universal Studios being there, I was uh, I had a great job there. Then the internet was coming up. I was writing for websites like Bodybuilding.com, these billion-dollar companies today. And cover a magazine. So everything was great. I had a sweet job. It was awesome. Um, And I was being paid to be the health guy, to look a certain way, feel a certain way. At 26, you know, a couple years later, right after I married, 
Uh, six months into the marriage, I start going to the bathroom a lot. I thought I was just having a stomach bug. But uh, going to the bathroom became 10, 15 times a day. Then it's, I started seeing blood every time I went to the bathroom. Mm. And now I'm getting scared because I, I don't understand why, Yuri. It's like, well, I eat right. I exercise. I, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I'm not eating at Sonic or Burger King every morning. Like, I, why is this happening? And so I go on. I played Google Doctor, which people do. So I go on Google, right, and I typed in blood and stool. And the first thing that pops up is cancer. And my dad passed away when I was 21 to cancer. I never met my grandfather. He died of cancer. And so I was raised to believe you're – the way I was even raised in, in school that that your health was determined by your genes. And we were never taught about epigenetics, right? It was just, okay, that's just the way – I guess really at 26. And I disassociated from it. A lot, so a lot of time if you guys are listening and you're going through a tough time, whether it be financials, uh, financially, relationships, health or business, when you don't know the answer, you don't know what to do, we tend to disassociate or look the other way and not, not get to the cause, and it really doesn't help. And so I continue to lose weight and get worse and worse. My wife didn't know. She thought I was dieting. And then it got to the point where this physical issue I'm having started affecting me or becomes an emotional and spiritual issue. Like you cannot separate one from the other. And so I'm fearing what happens if I go to the bathroom in public or I always need a bathroom wherever I'm going. So my whole life is being boxed in. And then there was that one day at a TJ Maxx here in, in the States. I was a Sunday and the bathrooms were locked and they were under construction. And I try to make it out of the place. But because of the anxiety of knowing I didn't have a bathroom, I lost my bowels in public in front of at least 40 people. Wow. And that was kind of like that that moment where, where it was like, what the hell happened to me? You know, here in front of 40 people, and it's one thing to lose your bowels, but when you see blood and mucus seeping through your genes, it's going to freak people out. And I just realized, like, you know, I was Mr. America. I was, I, I was at the top of my game, and now here I'm reduced to, like, pounds and pounds less, bleeding, you know, blood in front of public, can't hold my bowels. And I just, it was just a rock bottom moment. Uh, ran out of there to the loading dock. We went to the hospital and I was diagnosed with an incurable terminal disease called ulcerative colitis, autoimmune, right? So it's attacking my colon. So I was put on the prednisones and all the drugs and the drugs were so harsh to me, it gave me medically induced hepatitis. So I'm being treated for colitis, hepatitis, nothing's working, nothing's working. I was sent to the, the top four doctors in the world, nothing's working, nothing's working. Chemo, Remicade, interferon, you name it. Um, organ rejection medications to shut down my immune system at the DNA level. And I went from about 230 pounds to 158. And the only option... Yuri at this time was to take out my entire colon. They said, I'll have a colostomy bag. It'll break. It'll leak. It'll get infected. Um, I'd be sterile. I'd never be able to have children. I'd be on $6,000 worth of drugs for the rest of my life. And they're not sure that I would even make it through the surgery because they already had me on organ rejection medications. And they didn't know how they could take out your colon when your immune system is now shot. And so that's what I was facing. Uh, I, I had about a week and a half until that happened. And when my mom, who already lost two sons and lost my dad, so this is son number three who's dying, she sends out that prayer email. And everybody answered, hoping the surgery would go well. But one person, it was actually my anatomy teacher in high school, Dr. Bauman, uh, sent a different email saying, hey, I want to see Chris when he comes into town. You know, I, I think I know something that will help him. And uh, that started me on that huge unknown, that huge journey uh, to getting where I am now. That's Dude, that's an incredible story. I mean, yeah. it's uh... – I mean, if everyone watching or listening to that, I mean, like you got chills or goosebumps just hearing that. Thank you for sharing that because I know that must have been a very difficult time because obviously public embarrassment is never something any of us want. But 
um, as you say, like everything happens, you know, for a reason and, and the unknown of, of what was to happen next was probably a really good thing. So uh, Dr. Bowman and you kind of uh, meet up and, and, and stuff happens. So by this point, had you had you done your schooling in chiropractic or was this kind of the the initiation or the introduction to that? Yeah. If you said I'd be a chiropractor, I tell you, it wasn't even 10,000th on the list at all, period. And so Mr. Valen's like, listen, I need you to go see my doctor. He's a corrective care chiropractor. It'll change your life. And I looked at him, Yuri, and I was just like, I'm not going to some dude who has an office out of his house. You know, I was almost insulted because here I went to the best. I mean, it's like I tried it all. And I'm like, thank you so much. You know, everybody wants to help me. I'm like, thank you. But, but uh, I, and I said this, I said, I tried everything. And he turns around to me and see, and this is, here's a sidebar for everybody listening. If you're going through a tough time, I always tell people, be very sensitive to the things you're listening to or watching like this, the movies you're watching, the music you're listening to, because there might be a line or something you read that's said that wakes you up a little bit. Because I told him, my thanks, Dr. Brown, I go, but I tried everything. And he goes, well, you didn't try everything, because if you tried everything, you would have had your health. And it woke me up because, Yuri, in that moment, we never realize when we lose so much hope that we become a victim. Like no one realizes they're the victim. No one realizes they lose all hope. You, you, it's like a disease process. You don't realize until it's here. So kind of I woke up going, holy crap. I almost I, – I was a victim. I was hopelessness and it woke me up just enough. It's not going to stay forever for me to say, well, I'll, oh, yeah, you're right. At least let me give this a try. So I went to see this guy, Dr. Roger. And he just talked me, taught me and talked to anybody like everything we knew in school. Our brain controls everything. Yes. Our spine houses our spinal cord and nerves. Yes. Any damage in the spine shuts off life or intelligence to those organs. Oh, okay. And so when I went back there and I looked at my spine that no one ever took a picture of, I saw my blind spots. And I realized that if you are struggling or not reaching your goals in finances, relationship, business, or health, it's there's blind spots that you may not see. That's why. So having a coach, having a mentor, having someone unbiased on the outside of you could see things that you can't see. And so for me, my blind spot was in the spine. I had a lot of damage on my lower spine that I did not feel because you don't have to feel uh, disease process. And uh, there was like 50% pressure crushing on the brainstem area of my spine that controls my immune system. And for me, you know, everybody has their different blind spots. That was my blind spot. And you're, I, I wish I could tell you that. I was like, all right, yeah, I'm excited and I'm positive. I was scared. I was skeptical. I was not positive. I was broken down. And I told the doctor, I'm like, when am I going to get better? Because that's all I wanted to do, right? Everybody wants to know, when is this going to be over? When can I start getting momentum again? And then he had the worst bedside manner, which was the greatest thing in the world. He points at me in my face, goes, listen, as long as you have that blind spot or that damage there, or for you guys that are listening, as long as the cause, the root cause, the problem is there, your body, for me, is, was, was not in the environment to be able to heal itself. And he's pointing at me. He goes, but when you choose to correct your problem that you have that's affecting your life, then your body is in the environment to be able to heal. He's like, the day and the hour that happens, that's not up to me. That's, that's totally up to you. But you will get better if you don't quit on yourself no matter how long it takes. Hmm. And awesome. in the moment – it sucked because I was like, dude, screw you. But it's like he put all the responsibility back on me and that was the most empowering thing that could ever happen because you know what? I knowingly or unknowingly got myself there and therefore I had the power to get myself out of that. And uh, I wish I could tell you a week later everything was great. No, guys, it, it took time. Three months later, I'm off half the meds. Five months later, I'm off all the meds. Uh, the blood starts coming down. And in seven months, my body totally healed itself from an incurable terminal disease uh, called ulcerative colitis, and that was 16 years ago. It's incredible. Yeah. So you you come into 
talking with Mr. Dr. Bauman and you're like, dude, I've tried everything. He says, no, you haven't. Otherwise, you'd have your health. This is, I think it's a great lesson for people listening or watching to this who have been burned before in whatever, whether they've invested in their in different business programs or they've uh, followed different health protocols or they've done things in life where it hasn't worked out. And they're skeptical now about moving forward with something new that they don't have a thousand percent certainty of the result. What do you say to them? Uh, you nailed it on, you, you nailed it on the head. Like we anchored to that experience that it was like a, a, such a bad experience. We lost money in that experience or didn't work. And I, I, you know, I have something called like kind of my 10 expectation, meaning that Yuri, what if I told myself I'm going to give this three weeks and in three weeks, if I don't see it, because I think three weeks should be enough time to see what I want to see. So what if three weeks came and gone and I didn't, I was still bleeding every single day. Like I was, what if I just said, see, I told you this didn't work where, but I would have been like, where'd I get that expectation from? Like what made it like three weeks was the day, the, the do or die day. Like when someone has a fever, I laugh. They're like, I had a fever for three days or a sniffle for three days. I'm like, what makes three days the magic day? You know, so like a t- we tend to put these expectations and deadlines on us to determine whether it worked or not just to like make be the judge and the jury. But what if I needed instead of three weeks, I needed 30 weeks, whether instead of $3,000 to spend on my health, it took $30,000, whether it took three bits of information, it really took 30 bits of energy and information to get it done. So I tell someone, listen, if you think it's going to take, what do you think it's going to take? Three months. I go plan on 30 months. I go, I rather you over, I rather you raise your expectations really high as far as how long it'll take. Cause then not only will you hit your goal, you'll probably surpass it versus uh, throwing in the towel early and here that was actually the right road to be on and now you totally say well this never worked for me and that person never tries that again uh where you know like you know what marketing with testing imagine if you did one ad and it didn't work <laughs> and <laughs> you marketing like, stuff doesn't work. yeah this this facebook thing doesn't work at all but no it took testing and trial and tweaking and and resilience because it was the end goal that mattered that's one thing my dad told me someone interviewed me the other day they said what's the biggest thing you got from your dad and he was always an end result guy I mean like he's like it doesn't matter how hard you have to work. It doesn't matter if you have to work 100 times harder than the next guy to get the same result. It's the end result that always matters. Mm-hmm. And so if I wanted to get well or if I wanted to get good at marketing or if I wanted to get good at relate, like it's like I'm going to put in whatever effort is necessary for the end goal even though I have to course correct or what we call tuition. So the skepticism, instead of seeing it as a failure, I'm asking you to see it as contrast, right? You see, oh, well, that didn't work. So you have – real market data on on how to tweak things like it's information you need to know the contrast to know what works what doesn't work how to tweak things like that is all part of the you can't just take one side of the coin you have to understand that this this is kind there's no failure it's contrast yeah and contrast lets you know what you don't want like i knew when i was sick i didn't want to be sick but that also clarified what i did want oh i do want to be healthy so it, it gave me such a uh an intention for health at that moment that I never had if I wasn't sick. Yeah. And I think it's such a, such a great distinction there. And I think part of moving forward in that unknown, like, and I think in your case, correct me if I'm wrong, is there's, there's, a, there's a massive amount of courage that has to go into that, right? Because you don't know if this new protocol is going to work. You're just taking some degree of blind faith, some degree of like, hey, I've, I haven't tried this. Maybe this could be the thing. Um, but as you said, like really increasing the expectations of what's going to go into this. Because as you like, I totally agree with you. A lot of people 
don't recognize how much needs to go into something to produce an outcome. And how could they? Because they haven't produced the outcome before, right? So we're coming from a perspective of like, oh, I think this should take, I'm like, really? You don't have the perspective yet. You're not talking from the end result looking back. So that's a really, really great uh, distinction. Thanks for sharing that, Chris. So talk to me about, now obviously your, your life is transformed at this point. And is this like the big light bulb moment for you or like chiropractic is the thing you need to do that's going to help you save more people? Is that like, what, what was that thought process? A million percent. So now I had an experience in something, right? Like it wasn't like, what job can I do to get me security financially? It's like, well, I have an experience of something. So I realized if I had that experience of something that worked for me, uh, then it's, I'm so many, so many layers deep in that where I could communicate that with such certainty, or even when I speak about it, it's not coming from a job. It's coming from something I had an actual experience with and I could tell my story. So I went back to school, got my doctorate. 2005, we opened up our office. And uh, we grew that office to our peak. It was over 2,800 people per week, which was insane. It was awesome. And uh, I, I had – what I did is – the, the important thing I found is I tried different marketing things because people are like, well, how would you have so many – you know, people going on. And I tell, you know, I tell people three things, either A, I'm a healer, B, chiropractic works, or I have such confidence that that person will be well, the placebo effects through the roof. I'm like, but I don't care which one it is as long as they're better. And what I, what I really mastered was, was instead of diversification, I really found what I was best at my vehicle of, uh, my vehicle of influence. And when I was able to really find my vehicle influence, I really doubled down really hard on that. And for me, my vehicle of influence was speaking and video, but more, more or less speaking because it's a brick and mortar. But, but because don't think because you're a good speaker, you could be good on video or vice versa. I mean, so I'm, I'm not – I'm just saying you need to find your vehicle. So voice podcasting could be your, your vehicle of influence. Some of you are amazing writers. Your journal, like you could put your thoughts on in words just so beautifully. Um, some of you guys are great one-to-one, knee-to-knee. Some, are, some, some, you know, you need to be good one-to-many, like where you have, you know, a crowd to feed off the energy. Whatever that is, you find your vehicle of influence and then you tell your message, you know, so, so you speak your message to the world. So it's the survival of that message that you have. And and when you're listening, please, the worst thing you're, I definitely want to preframe this. You do not need my story to, you don't need this dramatic story to be amazing in what you do. It's like, understand, I have the story I have because I was too damn stubborn. You know, I was so stubborn that I needed a brick wall. I needed a, a train to run over me to w- wake up. For many of you, you're not that stubborn and you're coachable and you're teachable. And if you're thinking you don't have a story, of course you do. Like you were the other day, so I was saying like, you know, my parents were together their entire marriage. But you know what? If someone has a story where maybe your, your dad left when you were young, like everybody has a story of a hero's journey that you could apply, you could connect, you could show that person that you're real. And so I started doing these dinner talks like once a month or every other month in my community where my goal was I, I knew if I could get in front of a group of people and tell my story, then I knew they, they would sit there saying, this is the person that I want to help lead the health of myself and my entire family. So they, you know, they bought me, they bought, they, they trusted me, they appreciated what I had to say and they, they knew there was congruency there. And then I was able to help lead them uh, in a non-insurance dependent in the States. Insurance is a big deal, but mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want insurance companies involved with their care. It was, it was totally out of pocket, 100% cash. 
and it took a lot of education and thought leadership. This, this, you know, just where you know that person came to the answer on their own, to, so I could help thought lead them to the life they were created to have. So you could apply those principles in any area uh, of business that you're in. That's awesome. That's so good. Such great advice. Like focus on the one medium that you're best at doing. It's so true because I think like and it's so. I think it's such an important message nowadays because you see like YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everyone's thinking like, I got to do video, I got to have a podcast, I got to do blogging. It's like, no, you could just do very well with one of them, you know, and if you're good at a few, that's fine. But as you said, and you're a great example, if you just focus on what you're amazing at doing and just go 100% into that. So you started doing these dinners and these were kind of like you were hosting these dinners at restaurants yeah. or in your house and just inviting people in the community, yeah. building that that kind of know, like, and trust factor, sharing your story. The story is powerful. I'm sure people started to spread the story. And I think that's uh, that's awesome. So what, so someone's, you're sitting down for a green juice with someone coming out of chiropractic school yeah. or someone looking to build their clinic or their virtual business, knowing what you know now. So you talked about kind of focusing on that one way of communicating and sharing your voice from a marketing perspective outside of that or even from a business building perspective what's one thing you would advise them to do knowing what you know now Uh, i think the most important thing is something that was around for thousands of years and is apprentice if i was in school or if i was coming to school now this because i don't want to just stick to cairo because i i don't want this to be just a i want every single person to benefit hearing this if there is someone doing what you want to do Humbly go to them, fly to them, and be willing to work for free or serve them because the learning curve that will shrink, the time and wasted money that you will never have to do because you learned actually on on the job experience of someone who's doing what you want to do is is worth hundreds and hundreds, uh, millions of dollars potentially. So I, I love saying, hey, who's doing it just a little bit better th- than I, or who's doing what I would love to do to the level I want to do it. Then I go and I just totally humble myself and offer free help, whatever I can do, and then learn on the job, in the experience. And then you'll start to see, like you're saying, you'll see the mistakes they made, or you'll see what they learned from, and you never have to make that. And you'll see exactly the amount of work. Wow, this really does take a little bit more work, or wow. You mean when the person clocks out of the office, they're, you mean they're still thinking about work? They don't just think about the football game? Yeah, yeah, like they're personally developing in the morning. They wake up at four in the morning to, to take care of their body. Wow, you know, like you start to see the habits of successful people. So it doesn't even really matter the, the profession they're in, but when you start to see the habits of a successful business, then that that's invaluable. You'll never learn that in university or school ever. The only way you could learn that is going to not someone who – owns a business, owns one that's been successful and tried and true. And that is the number one thing I will tell anybody who's who wants to improve where they're at now. Find the person doing what you love to do or how you want to do it. Because I know all of us sit there and we covet. Wow, I want to speak like so-and-so. Or I would love to have a, a business like this person. Oh, yeah, well, but you just don't know what it is to walk in their shoes. So at least, how about this? When you apprentice with them, at least you'll find out what you need to do or maybe – which is an equal blessing is you'll realize, you know what? I don't want to do that because oh, maybe I'm not going to sacrifice my family like they do. Like it's just, you're not going to lose. You're not going to lose. That's it's great advice. I don't think most people, sorry, I don't think a lot of entrepreneurs really understand what goes into building a great business. And I don't think, honestly, I don't think all of them are fit for running a business. I think maybe they're better as an entrepreneur working for someone else 
where they don't have to take on as much risk, where maybe they can kind of turn off a little bit. But as you said, like we're kind of obsessed. We're, we're a different breed. To, to do what we do is not right for everyone to constantly be thinking about work, to constantly be thinking about. And, and I think it's, it's, our, it's our mission on this planet. It's not going to change no matter what we do. Um, but also to recognize that that's okay. It's kind of who we are and being okay with that. Because I also think there's a lot of hardship that entrepreneurs put on themselves thinking they have to punch in at nine, clock out at five, be fully balanced all the time. And from my perspective, and maybe yours as well, Chris, like that's not, it's not a reality when you're running the, the world's largest chiropractic clinic, you know, and doing big things, speaking around the world. Well, like, what do you, like, what, what wisdom can you provide based on your experience to other entrepreneurs who are trying to maybe seek out that balance or, or give them a bit more um, perspective and wisdom based on your experience? All right, this will really help so many people right here. And it was just an amazing epiphany. Um, and kind of led to that whole I am hero thing that I'm doing now as well. See, I found my, my secret identity was being the doctor, meaning that I found my identity in the job. So Yuri, that means if my practice was doing great, I was a good husband and a good dad. If my practice was doing crummy, I was an ass. You know what I mean? Like, like I realized like my, my identity was so into the doctor role and my business that it was defining who I was and dictated my emotions and my heart. And then I realized, well, wait a second. One time when I made the distinction, I'm like, you know, chiropractic didn't make me successful. I was, I became a successful person, therefore making that practice successful. So I realized it wasn't the identity of the job. It wasn't the doctor title that made me a success because there's plenty of doctors that don't even have a job right now. They're in real estate or something like that. So it wasn't the office that made me successful well, wait a second, I flipped around. I'm a successful person. So I brought the hero of me to the office. I brought, so so there was no such thing as balance. There was no such thing as, because when I was working on a patient, I'm not just Dr. Zeno, I'm also a dad, I'm also a husband, I'm also a thought leader. So I wear all the hats all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, no, there's no, it's not about switching hats or balance, it's bringing the hero version of you, the best of you to the situation. So when I bring that, that uh, when I bring the best of me to this to this uh, interview. I bring the best of me to work. So what made me have a successful life was that I brought the best of me to the areas of the life. Those areas didn't make me successful. I had to become the successful person that brought the hero to those areas. So it's the opposite. It's not like maintaining balance. It's actually making you, it's actually taking care of you, filling up your well in the morning so you could pour out and still have left over for everything so you could have it all. That's awesome. It's and you know like the, the feeling. The, the bee right? you have. Yeah. You know that to feeling too. You're like, you know, when you go, like I saw those pictures when you took your family to Disney, that like you do it big, you do everything big because that is who you are, right? So you're going to do family big, business big, and it doesn't take more time and it doesn't take more effort. It just, it's what, who you are, you bring to every situation. Yeah. You don't have to flip things off. And how can I, if I'm obsessively, irrationally, des, uh, if I have an obsessional, irrational desire about something, I want that because I, that's, what I, that's the number one thing I seek from my kids. I'm watching my, my son's 12, my son's six. I'm looking, what is he irrationally obsessive over? And I'm going to pour everything into that because I know when you're obsessive over something, you automatically, you think about it more of the time. You put those 10,000 hours in, you overwork everybody else because the reward is in the doing of that thing. You know, we're not, you and I are not doing it for the money. It's like us doing this right now is the reward. The act of doing it is the reward. So if that's our reward, if the act of doing that thing makes us on fire, it, 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 it makes us feel like we're in our zone, why would I ever want to be out of it? 
Totally. Why would I want to be quote unquote balanced? Why would I want to turn it off? So if you're looking at this, you don't have to now, you know, life will bring that to you. Maybe the timing's off, but understand that if you are a person with obsessive desire, don't, um, you know, don't think that's a bad thing. It's, it's absolutely like one of the greatest qualities you could have is having this obsessive, irrational desire for a mission or a purpose, uh, because that really becomes your, it's, it's, it's the extra 1% you'll put in. That is the determining factor of your success for not. Amen, brother. Totally. And it's actually more exhausting to try to be not that. Yep. It's like, let me tone it down. Let me please other people. Let me not be my full self. That's what's most exhausting. And yeah, I agree with you. Be obsessed with what you're great at. And like, as you said, it is, it's not about the outcome for us. It's about the process. I get like, people ask me like, hey man, like if you won the lottery, what would you do? I would do exactly what I'm doing right now. Like nothing in my life would change. Not a single thing in my life would change. And I'm sure the same with you. And that's, I think that's a good indication that you're on the right path. And if you're not on the right path, then, you know, maybe it's time to, to look in the mirror and, and maybe course correct before it's too late. So Chris, man, this has been super inspiring. Like I know our listeners and viewers are like, holy shit, pardon my French. This has been, this has been off the charts. Let's, um, let's finish things off. Actually, before we do the rapid five, where can people find out about, uh, more about you, more about the I Am Hero Project? Uh, let's talk about that first. Um, so the gift I could give everybody is it's called my hero secret sauce. I have some videos and a PDF for you. It just, it's five, you know, when you look at it, when Mr. America, Mr. Universe built a huge business, um, everything I do, like there's certain areas in my life that I really rocked in and people are like, well, what's the, what's the secret? And I really kind of distilled to maybe five principles that if you apply it right now, you'll start winning today. So you just, uh, to get that, just go to imhero.com forward slash secret. So it's imhero.com forward slash secret. And then if you want to keep this conversation going, uh, probably the best places is Facebook and Instagram. You know, I put content out every single day and uh, it's at Dr. Zaino, D-R-Z-A-I-N-O. So follow me there, subscribe. I also have YouTube as well. And I know your time is your greatest commodity. Like we'll never make, you cannot make more time. So, you know, I know that I do appreciate that time. So if you do any, any of my content is purely curated to make you become better like you'll never feel like it was a waste of time with anything you've seen in mind it'll help shift you to it'll it'll it might be that one you know i said it might be that one thing that makes you wake up for a split second that changes your life uh, like that doctor did with me or mr bauman did did with me to really to uh, turn my life to in a totally 180 to uh, have the best life i ever dreamed of uh just because of those unknowns so please Let's connect. I always ask, answer my messages and my comments. That's always me answering them. Awesome. Beautiful. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that. And we'll share that in the show notes for you guys as well. Um, and if you guys have enjoyed this interview, this is kind of just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, the, like I've watched your videos. I've, I follow you on Instagram as well. There's a lot of really great, inspiring stuff that, you know, sometimes it's just that little nugget that's like, man, that's all right. Let's do that today. So that's, that's really good. Chris, you ready for the rapid five? I am ready. All right, buddy. Okay, so number one, what is your biggest weakness? Uh, my weakness it could be indecision. Cool. Number two, what is your biggest strength? Um, congruency. Cool. Number three, what's one thing you've become dangerously good at in order to grow your business? Speaking. Number four, what do you do first thing in the morning? I do a coffee enema every single morning. Dude, I'm a huge coffee out of yeah, fan too. Every single morning. It's so funny. This is one of those areas where people are like, oh, it's amazing. Or other people are like, it's so dangerous. Really quickly, just from my own knowledge. Yeah. What, what, obviously, I think there's no one else yeah. better to ask considering your medical history. Yeah, yeah. How have coffee animals helped you? 
Judy keeps your liver clean. Like we are so under toxic stress in the world today. Within, not only, I mean, like we could do our best to try to keep toxins out of our body as you help us with Yuri, but it's like, you know, we need to keep that liver clean as possible, that, that in the gallbladder. And plus, I mean, you know, just every single morning, I just want to make sure that area is clean. And that's also kind of like prepping me. It's, it's, a, it's an act of love to myself. You know, that's when I do my reading. And yeah, I want to stay detoxed as much as I can. Yeah, I love the ritual of it. Like I love, like I use that like 20 minute meditation. It's just a yep. really nice process. So yeah. cool, man. Um, and finally, to complete the sentence, I know I'm being successful when? I know I'm successful when I'm feeling fulfilled. Awesome. There you go. Dr. Chris Zeno, dude, thank you so much for, number one, for being who you are, because you're a dude, you're, you're a light, you're a beacon that uh, just really sheds a lot of hope and positivity and inspiration for everyone you touch. So thank you so much for being who you are and stepping into your power. And thank you so much for sharing everything you shared with us on this uh, on the show today. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you everybody for listening. I appreciate y'all.